This is Deconversion Therapy, and I'm Karen. I'm Bonnie. Yes, and this Hi. week is sort of special. We are. This is our first time that we are having other people on. So if the technology doesn't work, we're just going to uh, redo this and imitate your voices. But, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do a better job. Yeah, that's probably going to be way more entertaining than whatever we're going to give you. So. Okay, that's going to be great. And uh, we're missing one, and we'll talk about him in a bit. And but, his hair. Um, and his hair. So this is about uh, the movie faith-based, and we've been sort of posting about it because your audience is totally our audience. We have tons of people who left the church for different reasons um, or are still in church, but they are everyone's sort of waking up to some of the sides of it that they don't like, which is mostly having to do with money. Um, and so... I wanted to introduce both the people here. We have Luke, who wrote it. You want to tell a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go to Vince. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, my name's Luke Barnett. Uh, wrote it, and one of the actors in it. And um, yeah, I grew up uh, probably like a lot of your audience, very much in the evangelical world. Uh, my, my dad was actually a pastor. I went to a, a very, very tiny, uh, kind of as small as it gets Christian school from K through 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and went through many different phases, you know, in terms of my kind of relationship with Christianity through my upbringing, both from like, you know, becoming a Christian at age three or so, and then <laughs> the multiple t- high school where you kind of, um, go to like a big conference, uh, repent of all your sins, burn all of your secular CDs and dedicate your life to uh, Jesus and going on missions trips. And then six months later, kind of, uh, going right back to the fact that it was very fun to, um, make out with my girlfriend and, um, and, and try beer and then kind of starting the process all over again. And then, yeah, by the time I kind of got in my twenties and I moved to Los Angeles, um, I got really into kind of improv and sketch comedy and eventually made my way into doing kind of short form videos in that world uh, mm-hmm. where I started to do stuff with a website called Funny or Die, at which point mm-hmm. uh, Vince was kind of already also doing that kind of stuff uh, as a director. Um, and we ended up connecting on a video and it went really, really well. And we decided to keep working together and eventually did our first feature and now this is kind of our second feature as me writing and Vince directing we've done some other stuff in between as producers um and uh and that's kind of my journey in the entertainment world and then in terms of I know a, a lot of your podcast is regarding people's journeys with faith I uh I kind of when I moved to LA went to a very hipster church called Mosaic which is like one of the more popular churches out here mm-hmm. um and Do then, they have uh, celebrity members? Oh yeah, uh, I, I, they were the very first. Uh, it was they got they got Ben Affleck recently to go talk what? about his 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 struggles on stage. Uh, recently, oh yeah, it's a very celebrity pastor who 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 you know I have mixed feelings on, but um, and so I've kind of been all over the place in terms of my uh, I guess journey in that world since I kind of became an adult and moved to LA, but. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I was telling Bonnie, that L.A., you know, 
that godless <laughs> yeah. heathen L.A. That's why you had the earthquakes. Pat Robertson's uh-huh. right. It's true. That's it's true. Yeah. It's true. And what about you, Vince? Tell a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Southern California, um, and uh, I, you know, I kind of grew up with a bit of the sort of Italian Catholic religious. Mm-hmm. Background um, where by the time my parents had my sister and, and me, um, they were kind of over religion. So they were raised <laughs> with Catholicism. And so I had this mix of like when we were around our grandparents, we would go to church and on holidays, we'd go to Catholic church. And then, you know, once I was in elementary school, my parents discovered, you know, the Protestant sort of version of of Christianity and found this church that uh, played rock music and they thought they thought wow this is this is church so you know I started going to church then when I was young and then high school was a part of a youth group and always had sort of a like you know at arm's length uh, relationship with with mm-hmm. Christianity, and it wasn't until college when I actually started working at that same church that my uh, parents originally started going to you know, doing video stuff and making short films and stuff like that for them that I like actually became a Christian. So I was a you know I wasn't quite I was an adult technically, but I was I was young and in college, but right. I I had sort of gotten my like uh, questions out of the way by the time I actually became a Christian. So I wasn't like, you know, super young and not realizing what decision I was making. And then I've, you know, I've been a Christian ever since, but I've, uh, you know, I'm always of the perspective of, uh, if you're not questioning, um, what's going on or what you believe in and constantly sort of Mm re-upping your faith. And that's, that's like in, in anything really, uh, then there's probably something wrong. You should always be, you know, thinking analytically about like what it is that you're believing and why you make the, the decisions that you make. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So when I moved to LA to be a you know, filmmaker, it was one of those, like, I'm a Christian and I'm a filmmaker and people aren't probably going to know that I'm a Christian <laughs> because this doesn't look good for me to say <laughs> that I'm a Christian. Yeah. You get to so, choose one or the other. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, and I had no desire to make faith-based films whatsoever. So that mm-hmm. was also the part of it that I was like, I'm not really going to broadcast that I'm a Christian because the first thing they're going to think is like, oh, so you want to make faith-based movies. And that's the opposite of what I want to do. Yeah. Um, do you, do you want to be behind the scenes all the time or do you want to be in front of the camera at all? No, definitely behind the scenes. Okay. Um, I did all my... Horrible acting in <laughs> um, high school. I had to star in all the things I directed because um, I didn't know any acting in school. <laughs> so, Good idea. Yeah. Uh, I do have a, I do have a small, very you- small cameo in Faith Based. Um, I, I don't uh, have any lines, though. So, <laughs> Can we talk about your youth group a little bit? Sure. What do you want to talk about? Okay. Oh, was it super corny like ours was where you was everybody really earnest or were there the people who were like yeah we're here because it's social but yeah it was very it was very much like we had lock-ins and and ski camps that was just an excuse for kids to up behind 
you know, the te- the whatever they were called, yeah. not teachers, but uh, behind their backs. And, you know, before you'd go on these trips, they'd have the full cheesy conversation of like that, you know, the guys are uh, blue, the girls are red. Let's not cross paths and make purple. It's just like stupid stuff like that. It was so cheesy and like no one listened to. Um, so that, which is why that, I that's totally a new one got for that me. in high yeah. What's that? I like that. That's a new one for me. Like the guys are blue, the girls are red. Let's <laughs> oh, not so, so st- I know. It was so stupid and and we and I knew it and my friends knew it and none of us were like over the moon like, you know, Jesus freaks in in high school. We did it because it was it was a social club and and that's where I met my girlfriend. We met girls there and it was like that's why we did it, you know. <laughs> I love the idea of youth group, and I mean, that was our, where Bonnie and I hung out, like, all week at church, but if and you we were had, thinking, like, seven or eight different high schools that fed into it. Yeah, ours mm-hmm. was huge. Oh, wow. And if you weren't thinking about sex going in, you were coming out, because <laughs> every sermon, or it's like, hey, let's, you guys look tired, turn to the person on your left and let's do a massage train you know and you're like why are you taking horny kids and letting them touch each other and then telling them to fight the urge to merge yeah urge to merge yeah yep exactly but yeah i think being an adult uh when you have critical thinking skills that's a good time to be able to think about your your where you want to go and what your belief is and all that um, so tell us, uh, sum up the plot. I don't want to do it for you because I don't want to give away too much. And I know you guys have this down to a science. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's basically the faith base is about kind of these two guys uh, played by myself and my kind of real life close friend, Tanner Thomason. And we uh, two guys come to the realization that a lot of really bad Christian movies like God's Not Dead or Fireproof or The Overcomer all uh, somehow churn out millions and millions of dollars. And so Mm -hmm. um, in an effort to save their dad's church and maybe get rich themselves, they basically convince the church to essentially fund their own low-budget Christian movie called A Prayer in Space, which is about the first (laughs) prayer ever to be prayed in space. And um, and then the movie kind of follows their journey of, of will they get their... Uh, 80s kind of washed up star that they need to to be successful to be in their movie will they get will they be able to pull it all off um and it kind of becomes this sort of you know producers ed wood meets you know meets something like saved or, or book of mormon in that sense but it's you know it's at the end of the day it's kind of a buddy comedy um, with essentially the faith-based film industry as kind of our setting, our backdrop. Yeah, the catalyst for your story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess you both can maybe discuss, uh, let's describe Tanner, because he's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Tanner. Uh, In the movie, we make a million million jokes to each other. One of our ongoing jokes is is throughout is kind of us – saying that each other looks like certain things. And, and mm-hmm. I probably wrote a hundred of these that we they used maybe five <laughs> or so. Right. Um, uh, but I think my favorite uh, for Tanner was, uh, y- you look like, uh, what did I say? But oh, oh, you look like, 
if so, what, oh, you look like if Draco Malfoy drank Monster and listened to Nickelback. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of my yeah. favorites, and that um, is him. I mean, uh, Tan- Tanner's a very, very, very handsome uh, blonde man who yes. also works out quite a bit, um, maybe excessively, if you ask me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, no, he's got he's got long, glorious hair in the movie. Um, glorious. Um, yeah, the, it his is. hair his hair is actually credited separately in the film I'm because su- yeah, it's got its own personality. <laughs> and I love because you know you guys. You're set up, you're in the movie, you've got some big names, including who plays Luke's father. Uh, um, so you guys want to tell about some of the actors, and Vince, you can jump in with, like, how did you get them in the movie? Did you know them? All that. Because you made this as an indie movie. This, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, you know, movies like this, it's, it's like, it, it's a bit of, like, you know, uh, some gum and duct tape and, and some luck when you, when you can accomplish these things. Um, we, you know, we're, we've been in LA long enough that like a lot of the main cast that surrounds Luke and Tanner, um, we've known for either worked on projects or, or friends or Luke's, you know, met at the bar that in no bar that we shot. It, you know, the, the, in the movies to work at and, oh, okay. and, uh, so like, yeah, the, a bunch of those, like Richard really, we've worked with before and Christoph Sanders, we know from, from the gym that we go to and Carly Craig mm-hmm. and Marlon Young and Lisa Schwartz. Those are, I mean, they're all insanely talented yeah. and, and basically we're like, as soon as we asked to be in this, they said yes, without even like really like they all obviously read the script, but they were immediately in. Um, and then, and then the, you know, the Lance Reddick and Margaret Cho and David Koechner and Jason Alexander were all big sort of reaches, uh, cause we didn't have any connection to them. And, um, so the, I think our first sort of like big swing was we knew Luke's dad, Pastor Mike in the movie had to be somebody who, uh, could command a presence and, um, who can, you know, who had, who is a bit of an authoritarian, you know, authoritative figure yeah. that like, that was going to be a, a bit of a battle and put up some roadblocks for Luke and also like could be funny. And, you know, we had seen Lance because Reddick. Because he's very in, serious. He's very yeah. serious, but yeah. it's, but it, you know, it can't be too serious where it's like, it's overly dramatic and not funny. And mm-hmm. that's a bit, that's a bit of a line to walk. So we had seen. Lance Reddick in a in a funnier die sketch called Toys Are Me, um, and up until that point, we had only seen Lance Reddick in The Wire or Bosch or John Wick, where ever easy they're a cop or a detective or, or very serious yeah. in everything he's in, right. and he plays this overly uh, overbearing boss in Toys Are Me, and he's hilarious. <laughs> and we thought, how interesting! First of all, would it be to have Luke's family be, uh, you know, a, a well-off black family that adopts a white kid <laughs> who ends up being a screw-up. I've never really that. seen that before. Uh, yeah. And then we're like, and if Lance Reddick is your dad, this is going to be a slam dunk. And so we, we, you know, reached out to his team and made an offer thinking there's no way this is going to happen. And, and he responded and he actually, you know, an interesting little thing with him is like he, he responded wanting to play Nikki Steele or the head of Christ Flex. That was his first, like when he Nikki first Steele's read it. Nikki Steele is the character that Jason ended up playing. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and we, you know, so we we're like, can we can we talk we, to his to his team? We we're like, can we talk to Lance on the phone and like sort of give him the pitch of why we wanted to play Pastor Mike? And so we we told him we're like, look, you're Lance Reddick, you're incredible. You can play whatever you want in this movie. You would do a great job. But here's the reason why we originally were thinking Pastor Mike. And so we gave him that pitch and he was like, okay, okay, let me, let me reread the script. And, and like two days later he called us back. He's like, I don't want to play those roles. I want to play Pastor Mike. I understand what you guys are going for. I I can't wait to do this. And that was sort of the first domino to fall in terms of like, okay, now you've got a very, very reputable, well-known actor who's said he's going to do this movie. And then when you start going to people like David Koechner and Margaret Cho and, and uh, Jason Alexander, it's like Lance Reddick is attached. That's a serious name. Right. And it becomes a little bit easier. You know, of course you've got to have a good script and and a project that people want to do. Um, But when you're working with no money, it really has to be something they want to do. So we got, and then Margaret Cho was interesting because when we offered to her, she had already heard about the project through all of the crazy press we had gotten early on, which yeah, was... Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah so that so that was interesting. Like, she was almost an immediate yes because of the fact that she was like, I've heard of this, I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, wait, can we talk about it now? Yeah. The, the early press? I'm all for it. So Let's do it. I think something, this is what I know, something came out... <laughs> That this got a green light or whatever in the the biz, which I do know nothing about, <laughs> except that everyone's a heathen, and that um, he that uh, some news outlets decided they did not like that. Is this true? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, long story short, the day the movie got announced, uh, a few hours later all of a sudden these articles started popping up in Fox News and Breitbart saying that these kind of Hollywood hacks were making this Christian bashing movie. Um, And it was just like, I think for us it was just hilarious at first because it was just kind of, you know, no one's ever seen the movie. We hadn't shot any of the movie. Um, (laughs) And uh, and so no one knows anything about what this movie is really about. And so then all of a sudden you start opening the Fox News articles and you start to see – you know, a few comments, and then you see a few hundred comments, and all of a sudden there's 5,000 comments on a Fox News article that are basically like, well, these guys are, are taking us all to hell and all this stuff, and it's just, it was kind of incredible at that point. So we basically decided to to use that to our advantage in the in the sense of no press is bad press and kind of leaned into it even even so much as at one point making a teaser trailer that is essentially just us reading comments from those articles. Oh, um, um, so it was, we kind of had some fun with it, but it was a pretty wild experience to say the least. Uh, our, did our, you? Uh, reading comments can be the funniest thing. I mean, when they're not personal and, and mean, but God bless, they're so funny sometimes. And just coming from a place of ignorance. Sure. Well, a yeah. lot of, a lot of these were mean, uh, and it was still funny because they were so, they were so ridiculous, and clearly none of these people knew us that it it was funny to us. Uh, so right. it wasn't like necessarily insulting. Although, to be fair, there were, I mean there were so many comments. There there were like some death threats in there, which was like pretty oh. bananas when you think mm-hmm. about like what are you? Why are you so upset? You don't even know what this movie is. We don't even know what it is, and you're so yeah, mad at yeah. us. <laughs> Yeah, I think once those things start happening, it just goes crazy. And so, and how did you 
Oh, go ahead. You're good. I was going to say one of Bonnie's favorite comments is um, Anne Diary of a Young Girl. Is that it? Anne Frank's Diary. Oh, Anne Frank. Yeah. And the comments on Amazon are just mm, like. I don't even want to click oh. on that. It's not bad. It's just, it's almost humorous because it's like, my, this girl really complains a lot. I know when I was a teen, you know, like they had, they don't know what it's about. Um, uh, this is the future of America. That's right. Right. <laughs> Go vote or don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, depending. I think something that's funny, if, if, to encourage people especially to watch it is the visual of everybody shooting what is supposed to be a scene in space and they're all in the green suits and the green screen and the balls on their their suits which we all know what that is by now yeah like having your whole scene with everybody wearing the same thing I, yeah. I, I I mean, I kept looking at it thinking, well, this is maybe kind of a really nice thing inexpensive, you know, like all of our scenes we get to shoot. <laughs> well, it, it's so funny. Like with that, that, That's some of my favorite stuff. And that was actually initially a budget situation. The original script, we had it written that the movie we were going to make within the movie was called a, a Angel on the Farm. And it was basically <laughs> about a... Uh, a city girl named Roxy who gets in trouble with the law and has to go live on her grandfather's farm where she meets a talking horse named Angel who <laughs> teaches her that there's a higher power. And, um, and, uh, and we thought that was very funny and we liked it very much. And then we realized uh, a farm is expensive, a horse is expensive, a talking <laughs> horse, even if it looks bad, is, is really expensive. Um, then we thought of other options and we actually had a friend who, who owns a green screen studio called Rise Motion Pictures. And, um, and once we realized we could use that, we thought, actually, you know what's a funnier image is 20 people in green screen suits trying to make right. a, a, a no-budget Marvel movie. Right. And, um, yeah. and, and I think it's much funnier than what we probably would have gotten, even with a talking horse. And I don't want to give away some great lines, but there were some that were really, uh, like, they, they trigger a part in you if you grew up in all of this. In a good way. Um, yeah. And even the name of the mega church, uh, you know, Elevate. Yeah. Well, it's was, just so good. Like so yeah. many of those churches are all like one word kind impact. of like inspirational mm-hmm. impact, mosaic, radius, elevate, you know, you, you, yeah. you know, reality, uh, <laughs> oasis. I can I could probably do that for an hour and yeah. I would all, 100% be named in churches. Yeah. <laughs> And I, who did the music? Because the lyrics of that uh, song kill me. And I'll just briefly, for people listening, it's it, it, they have the whole verse, then they have the bridge and the chorus, and then they have the repeating words at the end. And it's basically about a guy who has a huge eight-foot cross in his room. Over um, his bed, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he put it over his bed. Bed. Uh, I, I, that's all my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, Ryan Harrison, is is one of the funniest guys I know. And he's actually a founder of a, of a L.A. comedy troupe that I work with quite often that I think is, is genius. They're called Lost Moon Radio, and it's basically a live radio show. So it's kind of a Prairie Home Companion meets Monty Python done on stage with a, with a live band and live music. And 
Cool. We originally were just going to do really cheesy praise and worship that was just kind of like an elevated version of the stuff we grew up on. And then I kind of went to him and said, uh, what if you wrote a song that instead of it just being a cheesy worship song, it kind of starts off normal and then just kind of <laughs> builds and builds and builds until it's just like out there. Um, and yeah, man, I, I couldn't be... It's probably my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Um, yep, and they're all singing along. Yeah, he's, he's and they're yeah. feeling it hard. And yeah, if you like, if you watch yeah. the movie and like that, and you go to lostmoonradio.com, you will, you will love it. it so, yeah. you brought up something I was going to ask you. Do you do you watch a lot of Monty Python? I have a Monty Python tattoo on my arm, so. Well, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. so, yeah. so no, was he's, Big he's <laughs> Monty Python. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, this is an audio podcast, so I'm just going to describe it to you. <laughs> so arm, was Big or? Nose a, a, a Life of Brian reference? That was not a Life of Brian, a Brian reference, but it does make me laugh. Uh, that's been brought up a couple times. It does make me laugh, and I love Life of Brian. But no, that was yeah. just, um, I, I just think, I think that that description of myself in glasses with a mustache uh, is the most spot-on description yeah. of the movie. Um, it's like a guy with a big nose and glasses and a mustache. It literally looks like if you took those glasses off, the nose and mustache would come with it. Right. Um, Wait, it. Although was the I'm kind of partial to. Uh, yeah. What's that? Was the I was going to say I'm for the movie. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, started, I, I've kept that mustache. I love that mustache. Stand by that mustache. Uh, That's proper right. Mustache. I mean, you can do porn in between these. You've got to get that finance. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's very sorry. short form pornography. Uh, it's there. Sorry. That so, was, okay. That so what crass. else? Wait, so Vince was saying something, right? I was just saying I'm partial to the Sean Penn Changing a tire with a nut allergy is one of my favorite <laughs> spot-on references. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes me right. giggle every time. <laughs> Somebody on a Reddit thread once the, recently, um, I guess there's like a, a player, a football player that used to play for the Indianapolis Colts that I guess I look a little bit like. I don't watch a ton of football, to be honest. And, uh, and this guy said, oh, this guy looks just like such and such. And then another person commented, yeah, it's just like such and such, but weak. <laughs> <laughs> Sickly. No, yeah, like, I would like not a, say that. Ah, <laughs> um, comments. I loved uh, the character who, your main character, which I want to ask why you, you, Luke, and Tanner used your names, Luke and Tanner in it. But the character that Luke had a crush on was always like what she did in movies was ambiguous. So you uh -huh. didn't know if she was making porn <laughs> or what she was doing. I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th that was actually, well, uh, two answers there. One, uh, you know, in terms of using our real names, it's this whole thing started off. We originally decided we were just going to make a movie for no money, like, you know, $10,000 sort of no money with our phones and our friends. And we were like, maybe we'll just improvise the whole thing. And then when we were going to do that, we kind of like, well, let's just keep it our names, make this thing feel as real and organic as possible. Um, and then obviously I wrote the script and we got enough budget for cameras and stuff. And, and, uh, we just decided like to keep it that way. And, uh, obviously that could have been just a weird, stupid move, but at the same time, our whole thing for this movie in terms of casting was to have Tanner and I's relationship feel as real as possible. And then we could basically surround ourselves with much uh, bigger, better,
other actors uh, to kind of make the thing better. Um, but to, to essentially keep the core two people as as uh, real feeling as possible. And so that just for us kind of helped do that. And we didn't change it even when we had a script and stuff. And um, the 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 bit with uh, with Brandy in the movie about her us thinking she's a porn star in, in the original script, uh, we actually just had her essentially revealing that she was a porn star and it being okay with Luke, like Luke just kind of being, you know, even at the beginning of the movie, right. I kind of say like, I don't mind that she's a porn star, she's a strong woman. And like, and wanted it to kind of, you know, originally it was just going to end like that. Like, you know, she is a porn star. Luke is very okay with that sort of thing. Um, and it was actually, uh, Carly Craig who, who plays Brandy in the movie, her idea to like do kind of a, a, a twist at the end, which we think, you know, now it like obviously gets a really good laugh and it, Right. And, it, and it's a little that. more surprising. So that was all like Carly's idea. And it right. works. And a, another part is that I thought was great is how can I financially contribute and get money off of this ready-made rum spring a basket? Because <laughs> I thought that was brilliant, actually. Um, there's so many good things. And, you know, Jason Alexander is a, can play such a creep. And wow. David yeah. Keckner can play <laughs> such, you know, like they have, well, it's the same with um, uh, Reddick, Lance Reddick, is it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, he's the kind of person that shows up in films that if you turn around and he's in an alley, you're like, oh, you know. This is you know, some kind of CIA, something's going to happen. You know, you had like these perfect characters. Hmm. They really worked well. Jason Alexander yeah, plays such a weasel so well that I just, I don't know him from Adam, but I want to punch him in the neck <laughs> because of his characters that he's played. Yeah, you can tell him that. Tell him Bonnie <laughs> wants to no. know. Yeah, he has that just... You know, turn on a dime, you know, all out for himself. So he worked perfect in that. Um, okay, so, so wait, I have a question. Yeah. Um, so, so how religious are you guys now? Are you guys like, are you witnessing to us with this movie? Is this like a softcore <laughs> witness thing? I'm going to email you a tract later that just shows you like how Christ <laughs> can kind of be the bridge from your previous life to your new life. But you're going to use some some salty yeah. language to trick me into thinking, oh, these guys are <laughs> It was are your decision it. all along. That's yeah. right. <laughs> right. So really, how religious are you both? Well, Vince goes to church and is a Christian, for sure. I heard that. And, <laughs> and we like I, I, I'm not anymore. I, uh, I, I have left. Uh, I would consider myself the ex-evangelical in that world. Um, but it's tricky. Like, I... You know, I think where I kind of ended up landing with everything over the last, let's say, five years, um, it's like I see the positives in a lot in a lot of it. Like I, yes. uh, like I've, I've I've talked about this before, but like I'll every now and again go to Vince's church and I'll and I'll, you know, I'll see things I really appreciate or think are great about it. Like you know, we talk a lot in the movie about community, and I think that's something that like church has as cheesy as it is, it's a great aspect of mm -hmm. a good church is just this kind of like built in community. I mean, yeah, um, where else do you get that? Yeah. There's, I mean, honestly, my wife and I joke a lot about how we almost wish we could, we could 
create kind of a, a non-church church where it would essentially be <laughs> like, you know, we go have brunch and have great friends that we see every single Sunday and do all these things. And then we just have a great Ted talk there. And we, you know, like, right. uh, yeah. that's, um, um, the universalist church, yeah, yeah, which I've yeah. never gone to, but yeah, that's what so, they do. So, and, and there's, mm-hmm. part, there's parts of it that I like, I think that like teachings of Jesus, there's like some of that that's fantastic. And there's phenomenal kind of like lessons and stories and ways to live your life. Like that, if you were to follow that, you're essentially going to lead like maybe your best life. Um, I think I started to kind of drift away from it a lot when it came to taking things very literally. Um, and so that was kind of my first exit, exit strategy, I guess. Like I, I, I read a lot of books. I read one book that was, I think it was actually called who wrote the Bible. And it was just like a a fantastic book on, on how the Bible was written and and who did it and stuff like that. And I think Mm -hmm. what's interesting is that a book like that in a weird way made me appreciate aspects of the Bible much more than I did growing up when I was just going by whatever somebody told me. But I also think it kind of put me in more of a place of like, Oh, this is wildly similar to other religions and to other (laughs) things. Um, that I don't, I, I think these are more analogies and stories and, and great teachings, but I don't necessarily think that it happened as, as written sort of thing. And so I guess when somebody asks me now, like if I'm a Christian or not, my answer would essentially be no, I'd consider myself an agnostic. Um, but I, I've, it's weird because it's only kind of recently the last year or so I've even felt comfortable saying that because I think the term agnostic really gets misinterpreted by people a lot and they just think it's an atheist. Um, you know, and for me, I guess I'm just at a very much, uh, you know, this sounds cheesy, but I'm in a very great place of wonder right now in my life. Like I don't have any answers in terms of like, I don't actually know if any of this stuff happened or exactly what's going to happen when we die or whatnot. Right. And my dad would very much adamantly say he does know exactly what's going to happen and he knows exactly how it happened and all those things. And I, I don't at all. So I guess my, my feeling is very much like, uh, questioning everything and being very curious. And I'm weirdly like totally okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to just bust in here for a second because, um, Karen will probably roll her eyes with me saying one of my, one of the defining moments for me was in, uh, when I was in college and watching Hannah and her sisters for a class, by the way, Hmm. And um, uh, Woody Allen is trying out all the different religions and asks mm-hmm. his father, well, like, uh, why were there Nazis? And his dad's like, how the hell do I know why there were Nazis? I don't know how the can opener works. And that, to me, is just what you're saying. Like, I don't know how the can opener works, but I'm happy to use it. And maybe maybe God did make the I can opener. About that. That maybe he didn't. Yeah. And I'm okay in that not knowing place. But, man, so many people aren't. Oh, uh, yeah, that's me. Um, But (laughs) it's just, you know, you come out one way or another and, you know, um, black or white situation. But I think, you know, as far as I really like that you guys are even a mixture because Bonnie and I always say, you know, we weren't hurt in church. We didn't have a bad experience. We were fortunate. We loved it. We had a blast, you know, and... If you're deconstructing from religion, the mature way to do it is to take with you those parts that were positive and remember them, whether it's friends, lessons, you know, feelings, whatever it is. 
that that's the mature way. Well, it's also much yeah. easier to talk about. It's much. E- it's like it's like how you know. Uh, there's a reason there's a negative headlines all over the place because people click that more than they click positive headlines, and it's very easy. Even on a podcast like this, it's easy for me to like talk about all the problems with religion or why I am not religious anymore. But at the end of the day, I also have to kind of equally acknowledge the fact that. Um, I had a great time at youth group and, and yeah. some of this is hilarious to me. And I think it's ridiculous that like somebody from my high school got expelled for having sex. But at the same time, um, I also had lots of fantastic, hilarious, great youth pastors and friends and all that stuff that was like very positive. Like I was very involved in the Christian music scene in like the late nineties. And I'm, I'm not kidding. It's some of my best memories from like growing up. So it's, you know, I do think it's important, like Vince said, wh- whether you come out of it still being a Christian or not, I think it's important to constantly be, you know, asking yourself why you're you're doing this. But at the same time, whenever I do that, I, I also think about the positives and not just this kind of like, here's why this is bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I would never, yeah, we've talked about this before. Like, my father's a Christian. I would never take away his comfort and hope that he has, you know, so... There's always that, um, yeah. Speaking of fathers, your dad as a pastor, how does he see your questioning thing? Well, it's really interesting, actually. I haven't even told Vince this yet, but I have, I have, um, it's been very strange. Like, like my dad has been very negative on the movie since he knew that we were even going to make it. Um, and, and kind of a constant sort of like, I'm proud of you, but I wish you were doing it uh, something different. Like I wish yeah. you, this was not the movie you were making sort of thing. Um, and so it's pretty much been a hundred percent negative and a hundred percent like him kind of praying for me and like, you know, I'll send him a press article and he'll say, uh, proud of your success, praying that your heart will yada, yada. Um, right. but I kind of kept pushing him into the like, well, you haven't seen the movie yet. And, and look at this review and this review that all kind of, Every single review, like you go on Rotten Tomatoes, there's 30 reviews and probably 28 of them comment on essentially how we don't just like bash religion and whatnot. And right. um, and so he definitely was starting to see. And then it was funny because then the movie came out and I was so curious if he was going to watch it or not because he he texted me on like last Thursday basically saying, um, I saw you on, you know, the, the DC news and whatnot. It was very cool to see you. I, you know, obviously it sounds like you guys have a really good team and stuff. So then I get this text on, on uh, I guess this is Sunday, um, and he basically said he, st- he just finished the movie. Uh, I'm reading it right now, sorry. He, he had basically stopped uh, Saturday night and, oh no, yeah, Saturday night and Friday night. He stopped the movie at the place where my adoptive dad pulled the plug uh, and, I'm, and I'm frustrated with life. And he Whoa. thought that maybe I was having like issues with him. Right, um, right. But then, yeah. but, but, but to be fair, then he finished it and basically said, I, I was wrong. I really did like the ending. You're right. You actually aren't attacking beliefs as much as uh, unscrupulous filmmaking and so-called Christians who are motivated by money. Uh, so it was like, I, you know, I think, I think he ended up liking the movie. And to be fair though, we also made a, an R rated, uh, a 30 something comedy that in general, my dad wouldn't have liked, even if this had nothing, <laughs> it's just not his movie. You know what I mean? My yeah, dad likes yeah. God's not dead. So it's, uh, he's not going to like the 40 year old virgin either, you know? Right. Right. Uh, that's crazy. That's, that's so tragic. cool. That he, it yeah. is. That he it responded is cool. that way. And I always think, you yeah. know, as you guys are artists, you know, this, 
in general, but you know, the Bible verse about you're you're never accepted as a prophet in your own town is the same as in the people closer to you have a harder time reading or watching your stuff because they only can watch it through your eyes, you know, what they know of you. They can't get that outsider view. Um, and I'm really glad he stuck with it. That's great. Let me, I'm going to throw mm-hmm. another line in there that I don't sure. think is a spoiler. But when, um, when she's like, come on, mom, I'm a scientist now. I'm not allowed to believe in God anymore. <laughs> so that, that to me is like such a, such a like God's not dead line where it's yeah. just like the, 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 the atheist the professor. Non, it's like non-believers in faith-based movies are so like flat and that's all they say is stuff like that that were, it was like such a perfect line and the way lynn the actress that played the astronaut delivered it was like perfect no notes that's it yeah. <laughs> you, right. you got it okay yeah. so you keep mentioning god's not dead and i've never watched any of these face face faith-based movies since like i was a teenager and forced mm. to you know in our big a hall thief in the night sure, yeah, even the night yeah but so do you watch them because you just want to see them? <laughs> just love them? You want to be surprised. I just that love ending. growing pains yeah. so much that I will watch anything Kirk Tell Cameron you, does. That guy. <laughs> My wife and I just have really exciting date nights on Friday nights where we put on faith-based movies. And, you know. That's right. What's going to happen? Once the pandemic started, we just subscribed to Pure Flix right away. Like the <laughs> pandemic started and we were like, let's get that Pure Flix subscription. We can't go anywhere. I just found that that was a thing. Yeah. And the Tithely app, if you, oh, yeah. you know, if you can't oh, yeah. tithe. I mean, all of it. So I live in Franklin, Tennessee, and I live in this certain neighborhood that has like maybe 2,000 houses. So I've got the guy from DC Talk, the guy oh, from you, you, my Boys. friend, my friend who is a, uh, a somewhat you know known Christian artist, Chris Rice, lives in Franklin. Um, let's let's see if he lives in my neighborhood. He probably does. He lives in the same neighborhood as the DC Talk guys, so you probably do yeah, live yeah. in the same neighborhood. That's our neighborhood. Um, and the ones that just came out with a. Uh, they're coming out with their second Christian movie. The first one's I Still Believe. Oh, yeah. They're doing the next one. It's starring Jim Gaffigan, which I'm like, come on, Jim. Don't be in that. But I I think there's there could be a horse in that one. So they've one upped you. (laughs) Horse Um, in that. Please tell me Jim Gaffigan's the horse. I know, exactly. <laughs> he's finally found his voice on Twitter, and now he's going to be in this. Yeah, but, oh, I was yeah. so proud of him. Exactly, for exactly. For the yeah. way that he did. Oh, that was so, it's got to be so hard, you know, because we've got, we've got friends that are influencers that have asked us questions about, like, taking a stance on, you know, what's become a political issue, but really is just a, a human issue. Uh, knowing that some of their audience is in that camp. And it's like, it's got to be tough to finally take a stand, to open your mouth and say, like, this is ridiculous when you know that a lot of people that are supporting you agree with that. But I think the flip side to it is you have a lot more people that respect you and probably become fans of yours when you do that, which I think is is so incredible. Yeah, and I really do think your audience, you know, you know, of course, better, but 
our audience might be similar. And we have Christians who are, you know, guess what I get to do now? I get to doubt. I get to answer questions. I get to go like, I don't like the way everyone is following this one person or looking up to someone who sleeps with porn stars, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think that that's the kind of people who would be open-minded to watch these things. And, yeah, living where I live, the... What comes out is not always the same ethos of the people creating it, and I don't think. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a DC Talk guy. I won't I won't pinpoint which one he is, but there's only three of them, <laughs> and uh, yes. and it's 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 interesting because a friend of mine has worked with them quite a few times, and and one of them specifically, it was just like it blew his mom. My friend is like not a Christian at all, but he is just a, a music kind of executive and his mind was was blown when he started working with this guy because he was just like oh this guy is like but this guy's a rock star he's not by any means a a a christian like at least in terms of the values that they proclaim in their music and whatnot and that really like blew my friend's mind because you just had this you know i I know they're all in different places all three of those guys from what i've read but like this one Mm -hmm. guy specifically it was just kind of like, whoa, you're making millions of dollars as one of the biggest Christian acts of the last 20 years. And this guy is like partying like crazy, you know, doing all kinds of, st- of crazy stuff. And and my, my buddy, my executive buddy was just kind of like, oh, this guy just realized that if he if he switched uh, back to being like a, if he said he was all of a sudden a secular artist, that guy's going to lose a lot of fans. <laughs> but if he right. keeps putting out records uh, that guy keeps making millions of dollars. Um, yeah. So it's like it's they wild. start with the audience and figure out how to fill that need. And we keep doing little bits of history of pastors <laughs> that are the same way. They started out as one thing and then they're like, oh, but all these Christian people are here and I can perform in front of them and be a pastor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wa- we um, did. Do you guys remember the farting preacher, Robert Tilton? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but I, I hope that's on that guy's business card. It okay, is. He was you have like to the, send them the original version I'll because it's it's yeah. so uh, yeah, stupid. It. Look this up. And I found, I'm going to guess I, by the description that it is a alone. preacher who farts. He no. didn't actually fart, but <laughs> way back when he would do. He was one of the first televangelists, and I wasn't actually going to go with the farting line of this, but I will. But. Someone had made, like, a VHS tape and, you know, did their own little home stuff of putting farts every time the guy squished his eyes. <laughs> and there was even Jeez. a time... When he got really, really spiritual, he would close his eyes so hard yeah. that it naturally <laughs> led amazing. to, like, yeah. a fart sound coming out. Naturally. And um, Mark Maron was talking about it with someone Bonnie knows. Who is it? Mark. Oh, other, no, wait, wait, is this the what Louis C.K. said about it? Yeah, I guess it was oh. Louis C.K. Um, but so he said he would take it out of a drawer and watch it, and he put it back in, and he's like, putting it up, and he's like, because I want to save it for another six months, and it'll be funny again. <laughs> yeah, so this was passed around in the 80s, but that guy, he was one of the first televangelists, and how he did it is he was staying up late one night on a different time zone and saw one of the first infomercials. And he's like, wait, so I can get airtime 
and I can do this, and I can put a phone number at the bottom, and I can, you know, so. Uh um, But, yeah, there's there's fascinating things that people will use to swindle, and those swindlers are going to be the loudest, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's, (laughs) yeah. I can't wait to look this up later. Oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) Send them the good I'll send you the link. Because I thought it was so dumb. She sent me one link and it was really dumb. But then she sent the original and I sat in a chair by myself and laughed till I cried. And I was so embarrassed. Because well, it's just yeah. fart sounds. But it's, it's the way that it's put together. So it's all in the editing. Yeah. Got that good It sounds editor. like our sense of humor. Yeah. It's refined. It's very uh, God scholarly back to it. High caliber. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Um, We just really, yeah, love having you on. I think people are really going to enjoy this. And they're going to have that, especially right when you go to the church scene, there's going to be that, ooh, I feel triggered feeling. (laughs) That's also really great because... They know that you guys have put them in a safe place to watch this. You know what I mean? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we well, had thank a lot you of fun having us on. Thank you. Yeah. And Thanks, tell guys, Tanner. And say hi yeah. to Tanner. Tell Tanner he sucks. And yeah, we now will, his definitely. hair's going to fall out. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. We'll tell bald Tanner we don't like him anymore. <laughs> that's right. Right. But thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and thank good luck so with, the, with, the, with the film. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting us have this come out on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday. You can watch Faith Based. You can rent it. It was going to be at theaters, but of course, COVID. You can find it at Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, Vudu, Vimeo, Fandango, Microsoft, YouTube, Redbox. Go find it. Literally anywhere you can rent a movie. Or uh, one of the comments that I read online was, you know, Satan would want you to rent this. God would want you to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So I will sign off by saying, don't forget to go on your favorite podcatcher or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review us and send your funny letters to us. That's the best. We'll yeah, we have a letter sode. Yeah, our letter sode's coming up soon. And then find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twits. Goodbye. Goodbye.